It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, Cover One Draft Weekly, John Helmkamp, Daniel Harms. Buddy, we survived Mobile. We're back. Survive is a, is a, is a word, right? <laughs> we, we, we all get there, and you can tell that everyone is still not prepared. The people that have been there for the last, like, maybe four or five years, they all walk in the next day with the same sunburn across the left side of the face. We all forget. You know, I was there last year with my daughter, so... My attention was not on the sun at the time. I can tell you that much. I forgot about it. But we get there, and we're all sitting in the same exact places. We're letting the sun absolutely cook us. So, yes, survive is one word for it. But, honestly, I had a blast. It was great to get down there to meet you finally, the guys at Cover One and everyone that was there. So, once again, a fantastic display establishment and everything that Jim Nagy has done for that and continued to grow it. It's been phenomenal for the event, the town, and we had a great time. It's just amazing for the players too, just to have that showcase, to be able to display their talents, get on good, talk to all 32 teams while they're down there in Mobile. I mean, it was, it was a great time. That sunburn was no joke though. I was, I was (laughs) crispy. I was like borderline purple on that first night, but we got through it. Um, Three straight days, exhausting, many late evenings, uh, socializing, getting to know certain people, uh, patroning a a particular drinking establishment in Mobile, Alabama, where uh, I think your shoes got the, got the worst of uh, someone regurgitating a, a couple too many alcohols. I mean, well, <laughs> what was said to not be very many alcohols, which we determined was not true mm. at all, but it wasn't just mine. Yours also got them, but I mine were yeah. so bad that the next day I literally threw them out and bought new oh. shoes. I could oh, not no. I could not wear them any longer. So, yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to we're, we're not going to call people out, but it was it was a fun time. <laughs> Some people get little have too much fun, and that's that's what happens. Next time maybe just don't stand with a bunch of people talking ball when you are are clearly about to regurgitate and uh, leave it everywhere, including on this uh, podcast host. Shoot. So appreciate that. And at the end of the day, it is memorable. It will be memorable. Oh, yeah. Something that you and I and some of the other people we were hanging out with will laugh at and remember and remember and, and Yes. I guess fond undertones because we did share oh, yeah. it and it was hilarious. Well, we'll always have mobile. Uh, this is cover one draft weekly coming to you with uh, drinking advice today. Exactly. Apparently that's what Don't we're do doing, it too much. but uh, mobile <laughs> incredible experience. Um, the players really showed out and we got a lot to talk about. It's our first time back. We've had time to kind of sit and process mm-hmm. and, and the information comes at you so fast when you're down there and you're trying to watch so many guys and, you know, over here you've got offense and defensive line, and over there you've got seven-on-seven seven drills, and you're trying to pay attention too much. But I think we, we learned a lot about some of these players. Some of them helped themselves. Some of them didn't. Uh, we're going to jump right into our Stonks Up uh, segment to start off this show today, though, and talk about your Michigan Wolverine. Good week for you, by the way. We're talking about Michigan Wolverine wide <laughs> yeah. receiver now, and the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl on Sunday. So you're, you're doing all right. But we're going to talk about your Michigan Wolverine, Roman Wilson, who might have been the biggest winner uh, from Senior Bowl week? Yeah, he, he, you know, going into the Senior Bowl, a lot was talked about. 
we didn't really know much about Roman Wilson. Like there was a lot earlier in the season from, from Michigan where he was scoring touchdowns and it was like, well, maybe is this this year where J.J. McCarthy is going to take that step forward and he was in the Heisman race for a little while and Roman Wilson caught, what, nine touchdown passes from him in the first seven or eight weeks of the season. People are like, oh, okay, this Roman Wilson guy is pretty good. And then the, the you know Wolverines kind of do what they do. They decided, hey, we're going to get into the meat of our schedule and we're just going to run the football. And J.J. McCarthy's numbers, efficiency take a hit. And Roman Wilson, he made some plays, but he wasn't doing enough that really got him a lot of draft radars. And when you go back and you watch his tape from, from this past season, you're like, okay, I, I see the speed. I see the acceleration. He's got a nice, I, you know, I wrote down, he's got a nice jab outside release where he, you know, he mm -hmm. comes up, takes a stab and releases to the outside and clears some players. But we're like, how, mu how, many, how much of his route tree is there? What are they asked to do at Michigan. This is a very important part of the scouting, right? Every every team, every offense has their own route tree that they have specific wide receivers run. It doesn't necessarily mean that they can't run more routes, okay? And that's something that I still struggle with. Some of these players like, oh, this guy is a deep ball specialist or he's just catching balls with no separation and things like that. We got we to gotta hone our craft here. And what Roman Wilson did is like, there was a lot of questions. Let's be honest. It really was. Yeah. So we got to see him against some really good cornerback play. And the, we all, yeah. we've seen, we've seen that we've seen the clip, right? The best catch of the entire senior bowl was the one-on-one -on -one with him and Quinion Mitchell, where he, he forced Quinion to kind of hesitate and stutter step and trip over himself a little bit because he released to the outside so quickly he had to catch up. And then he makes the one-handed catch at the sideline. It was it was in it was absolutely insane. So I, I want to hear what you think about Roman, or actually what you thought about Roman Wilson first, and how yeah. this this week really changed maybe how you perceived him. Because I'm going to go back to watch him too to see if there's anything I can I can glean from that tape that said this is somebody that was going to have this week. I'll be doing the same. We're we're always learning, right? You're always self scouting. Yeah. We scout all these players, but we scout ourselves a lot too. And he's going to be one of those guys where it's like, yeah, I got to go back. I got to watch more of the tape because he showed way more nuance, mm -hmm. varied uh, release packages, the route running ability. I mean, Quinion Mitchell is a stud. We've said it a couple times now. He might be the first corner that gets drafted. Um, he might not, but he's dang good at football. And he was shutting everybody down all week. Roman had a couple where where he got locked up. Yeah. It happens to every wide receiver. You're in one-on-ones. You're never going to win every time. But what he displayed, like you said, great acceleration, great deceleration, great releases off the line. We saw a diamond release. I think I even saw like a, a skate release from him at one point. It was just beautiful what he was able to do. And he just looked like a guy that was creating natural separation all week long. And there was like mm -hmm. no stopping him. So he balled out in Mobile. I thought that he had a terrific week. I'm going to have to go back and watch the tape he's a guy that i think entering senior bowl week was a day three prospect he's like firmly day two right now and every mock that i'm seeing he's just getting a little bit mm -hmm. higher and a little bit higher a little bit higher so yeah i think he he earned himself a lot of money he showed to be more of a complete wide receiver than i thought he was going into senior bowl week yeah we heard a a comp, a comp from somebody when we were out there uh you know tyler lockett and you're thinking i'm watching this guy and i'm like okay I see this. It's the same type of build. He's a bit bigger than Tyler Lockett is, but he's got some of the same stylistic tendencies to him, at least what he showed at the senior ball with just, it looked so smooth. It looked like he knew exactly what he wanted to do, how to execute it. And when you watch Tyler Lockett, it's like this guy, his plan, he has it set up perfectly. How he's going to release, how he's going to manipulate at the top of his route. And we saw a lot of head usage and body language at the top of Roman Wilson's routes where you're like, okay, we didn't see this at Michigan. You know, what, what, what I mean by that is you get to the top of the route and that's typically right after the stem. So you have that release, get into the stem and at the top of the route, that's that after that vertical parts over, right? So how, if you're going to go left, you're going to go right. You're going to go straight. There's typically, you try to manipulate those corners at, at the top and say, I'm going to go this way, but you go the opposite way or you cut back all these different things that, that come into it. But he just had so much more nuance in this week than yep. really we saw and that I saw at Michigan, which, again, leads you to believe 
that there's so much more that he can do because, again, you don't learn a ton as a wide receiver at Michigan. Look at Donovan Peoples-Jones. Look at Nico Collins, who just broke out this past season. It took him a little while to get there. It takes these guys a little bit because they don't learn enough at Michigan to really get into the league. So we can kind of assume that Roman's got much more in his bag than he was asked to show at Michigan, and that's going to really perk up a lot of ears and eyes from these scouts and front offices. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, the The nuance and the ability that he showed in all four phases of his route mm-hmm. running, the release, the stem, the break point, the catch point, was great. It was really special. Like you said, I think that there's more that's that hasn't been developed there yet. And, and I think coaches are going to watch what he did at the Senior Bowl and say, I can work with that. I That's yeah. someone that I can coach up in those areas and make him into a well-rounded wide receiver. So he's going to be a lot of fun. Really enjoyed what we're going to do the rest of the show. We're going to go through four players that maybe raised their stock a little bit. I know this is all about stocks. Apparently, we're just a, a money <laughs> show now. And then we're going to have four guys that maybe hurt their stock a little bit. So I'm going to start off with the MVP of the game itself, mm-hmm. quarterback Spencer Rattler, who, in my opinion, was the best quarterback there in Mobile, which is not a sentence that I thought that I was going to say. We talked about him before. Before getting down there, you was a name that you highlighted. You thought that he had a good mm-hmm. opportunity. Uh, great call on your part. Obviously, the headliners, quote unquote, you know, they were Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr. I expected both of those guys to put together pretty solid weeks. It was Spencer Rattler who, who showed them both up. Yeah, I mean, and when you're as talented as Spencer Rattler is, and, and let's be clear, he was the the most talented quarterback at the Senior Bowl. We saw what he did. A few years ago at Oklahoma, like what he, that wasn't a, a mistake. Like he didn't just all of a sudden lose his natural gifted ability. His brain got in the way. Like I, I can make this throw. I can make this throw. Decision making is a real problem sometimes when you're as talented. We see you make more poor decisions. But coming into this week, it felt like he understood that he had to make some high level throws. And was he consistent? Was he like perfect? No, no. There was. Nobody really that was like the object of consistency. Like not every no. quarterback there was being was able to do consistently and, and be great consistently. Every which is day. why but it's think, a miracle that Roman Wilson and any of the receivers had a great. Yeah, be perfect. It's honest. very true. We got to see a lot of up and downs, not just from the quarterbacks, but from the wide receiver group as well. So when we're watching Spencer and we're watching these quarterbacks, there's three days to practice. The first day, quarterbacks all get a pass. They all get a pass. Really, uh, realistically, a lot of these guys are, are learning from new coaches. They're learning different things, and, and they're trying to work on them in three days. That's that's tough. Tough ask for anybody. But on day from day one to day two is where you should see the most growth from players if they're struggling day one. They get all that coaching feedback. They come back day two, and they can put it to work. And we didn't see a ton of that from anybody else but Spencer Rattler, who – had the interception on day one, right? He tried to make a throw over the yep. middle of the field and it got picked off. Honestly, we, we talked about this there too. I don't care about that stuff. This is where Try you it. need to be making these mistakes. And he was the only one willing to do it. And, and when you're willing to do it and you're willing to learn from it, that's how you get some of these better performances. That's how you be the MVP of the game because you learn throughout the practice Okay, I, I probably shouldn't make this throw here, but I can make this throw here against this corner into this window and, and things like that. And there was a, a pass that he had against uh, on day two. I don't remember exactly who he was, um, the defensive players were around, but it was to Xavier Leggett, his teammate at South Carolina. And it was just this, this little out route on the left-hand side, and he layered it between the underneath linebacker and the corner that was covering Xavier Leggett on the outside. And it was just over and right into Leggett's hands. Like, it was beautiful. And it was the best throw from any of the team drills, in my opinion, that we saw all week. And that's when I kind of I saw, okay, Spencer's out here trying to learn, trying to improve, better himself. And, and, yeah. and that's a huge thing that he did last year at South Carolina. He got better from in the decision-making. It wasn't perfect. Because a lot of the you know, a lot of the weight was on his shoulders to make them score points. So he did yeah. have to do yeah. some of those things. But I mean, I, I don't know about you, but what we got to see out of him, the talent 
that we previously saw at Oklahoma kind of reared its head again, and people mm-hmm. were starting to take notice. Yeah, he's always been an it kid, right? Like he was a yeah. top prospect coming, a top recruit coming out of high school. Everyone was in love with him as, you know, if, if he played Devi or, or anything like that, mm-hmm. people who had their eyes to the future. He was he was the wonder kid coming out. And then he gets benched for Caleb, and yep. Caleb takes over the game, and oh, no. we never saw Spencer Rattler again at Oklahoma is what happened. So he had to go through some adversity there mm-hmm. and overcome that, stick with it, transfer, wait for another opportunity. Like went down there and was the uh, immediate starter, I believe, when he got down yeah. uh, to South Carolina. But – Got another opportunity, put it back on tape, go down to the Senior Bowl, have a great week, look look confident, try things, make a lot of throws, win MVP of the game. I think he did as much for his draft stock since getting benched that he probably could have done. Everything for over the last two years, like the whole mm-hmm. picture of it, right? Taking over a really not great situation at South Carolina and and making it work, making them competitive, getting them to stick in a couple games, um, win some games, and then go down to Mobile and have a good week. I, I'm happy for Rattler. I think he did a good job. I think that he's going to be kind of a project quarterback that the NFL is looking at, though, and going, okay, if we already have a, a solid starter, he's a guy that we could yeah. draft as a potential future contingency plan he didn't elevate himself into being like a top 10 pick or anything like that but he did help himself out and he's gonna be i think given an opportunity to learn i would love to see him sit behind a veteran that you know is is really established like a really established veteran that he can learn from everything from how to conduct himself to the the head of the game you know what i don't want to see i don't want to see him go to the rams and sit behind matthew stafford who was the member that the whole comp sentence yeah. that I said because Matthew Stafford <laughs> thinks that he can make every throw and he can make most of them. Spencer Rattler doesn't have that same arm strength. So Rams, please don't. You're not doing him any any favors having him go behind Matt Stafford. Another guy that helped himself out a lot was offense lineman Christian Haynes out of Yukon. He had himself a week. We, he was wearing kind of a weird helmet and we saw the yeah. C on the side of the helmet and we're like, is it Chattanooga? Like yeah. who... What school is that? What is that helmet? Because that guy with the C on the side keeps popping in these offensive line drills. It was Christian Haynes. It's so funny because the C's do look similar, and we're trying. We're sitting, you know, we're sitting a far, far away away, and I'm just like, I can't tell. Everyone's wearing different helmets. Like even the Oregon guys that were there all wore different helmets. Every well, like, single there was like four <laughs> different Oregon helmets out there, man. I was like, come yeah. on, guys. Bo Nix so- was rocking the black with the yellow O on the back. And I'm like, that helmet is sick. Can you all just do that? You can spot that yellow O from a mile away. Would have been super easy. I will say JPJ's silver oh, yeah, was, it was, it was slick. It was really nice. But I mean, was it Evan Williams that had the green helmet with the yellow, like the really, really classic green and yellow, like almost. I think so. It was him or it was Doris. I can't remember exactly. But... There were so many of them <laughs> exactly. they were all over the place, man. Anyways, yeah. But yeah, back, getting back to, to Christian Haynes, like, I again, getting down to the Senior Bowl, I didn't get eyes on all the guys that I would have liked to. And he was somebody going in that I wanted to. I just didn't get around to it. And then, you know, like you said, we're sitting there, we're watching the one-on-ones, and I'm like, these defensive linemen don't have a shot against this guy. Like, he – and when you watch him, it's not just because he's overpowering them. He's not just, like, the most powerful guy out there. It's the technique. It's the hand usage. He gets underneath defensive linemen. And when you get under those, right in underneath the shoulder pads, in the chest, they can't really do anything. So unless they can brute force you, you know, slap, rip, get get off of them, it's really tough for a guy who's, what, 6'3", nearly three, over 300 pounds, to be able to be moved on the interior. That's like legitimate guard status. He's a very good athlete. You could see him getting into his drops very quickly, very seamlessly. He always was a step ahead of the pass rushers. Like yeah. it, it just felt like every time that he got into that drop, he was ready, whether it was a jab at the right hand or a recovery with his footwork, the double hops, and then getting his hands right back underneath the chest. He always found a way to do that, get right back to it. So he's he, he was so much fun to watch because he could win so many different ways against these players. And we, we're going to talk about some of the defensive linemen from this, uh, from this, uh, this senior bowl as well that had really good showings. And it felt like every time they came up against Haynes, he just shut him down. 
Yeah. Haynes showed a lot of athleticism, like his ability, like you were saying, to kick. They they moved him around a lot in the drills. You know, they had yeah. him do um, some stuff on the outside, I think, on a couple of the drills, too, like a tackle. But he mostly is a guard. But his ability in one on one to, to get into his set and to kick like he's quick, like he can get back there in a hurry. So the speed rush on the outside isn't going to isn't going to get to him much. He had great hands and power on the inside. And one of my favorite things that I saw from him was his core strength and his flexibility, because you would have defenders try and, you know, like rip him down and he would like bend in half and pop back up. And I'm like, oh, man, yeah. like that is a lot of strength and mobility to not just fall, because a lot of times offensive linemen, they'll fall on their face if you get them into that, you know, pull. He didn't. He had the the flexibility to recover from that, still be good at his hands. We saw from a lot of offensive linemen down there, I thought that they started their reps with their hands way too wide, mm -hmm. and their yeah. de the defensive linemen were really quick to get into their chest. He opened up a couple times, but for the most part, his hand positioning was really, really good. He was staying in tight, not just exposing his chest like that, because if you do that, Defender is just going to get into your body and it's it's over at that point. So I thought he he looked really good. He showed a lot of mobility. Um, yeah. He'll give you some positional flexibility on the interior of the offensive line. And I thought he had a really great week. Yeah, I think that uh, I, I didn't see exactly his confirmed length, but it, it's it wasn't ideal, I, I think. I think he had some, some length questions. But I think being a good technician with hands really negates a lot of the problems you're going to have as a player with not ideal length that guard or tackle it doesn't necessarily matter. So you typically see guys that don't have the length that can't play tackle kick inside. That's typically because, you know, you don't have to worry so much about the defensive ends long arming you, you know, and kind of getting in your chest and pushing them away. So I do think that he's going to make a, an excellent interior player, whether he can, he can probably play center, probably play a little bit of center, a little guard, however you want it to play, you'd have to practice snapping and things like that. But at the at the end, I'll be all. This was a really good opportunity for him coming out of UConn to establish himself and put himself out there on like a day two track. And I think that he did position himself as one of the better interior offensive linemen in this draft class. Yeah, I still think, you know, it's Jackson Powers Johnson as the best interior offensive for lineman sure. in this class. But Haynes had a good week. I just looked it up. He had 33 and 7 8 uh in charms so he's he's got some arm length yeah to, all right so never mind too. so yeah yeah but that's that's awesome because i agree with you i thought i was thinking that he he registered in a little bit shorter but no you're talking about an interior offensive lineman with that kind of arm length and mobility that's that's a fun that's a fun prospect yeah. i think he's gonna gonna come up some uh, draft boards pretty early we want to go to the defensive side of the ball now interior uh defense alignment from florida state uh braden fisk aka fisky business uh, as we are going to start <laughs> yes. affectionately referring to him. Fisky <laughs> business was everywhere in the drills. This is a guy that definitely does not have the longest of arms. Um, but Correct. he is a mauler and just, he's just like a wrecking ball on the interior of the defensive line. Like he just creates havoc in a good way, just messes everything up inside. Um, we showed a lot of, a lot of power from him over the course of the week. A lot of uh, tenacity or really fast get off uh, off the line. What are your thoughts on uh, on Fisky business here? Man, honestly, when you watched his tape at Florida State, you didn't see a lot of that get off. And honestly, some of the pass rush moves that he he displayed at the Senior Bowl. But I'll tell you one thing. He lived in the backfield in these one-on-one -on -one drills and in the team drills. And yeah. that kind of stuff translates. Like, look at Kalijah Kansi, who is not the longest of, of players. He's one of the smaller defensive tackles. That had transla that translated immediately this year to – being in the backfield consistently, that, that get off. It's so important for these smaller, quote unquote, smaller defensive tackles to live in the NFL as your pass rushers to be able to get past these slower offensive linemen. And they can consistently do that. And the one thing that you, every time you watched him in these team drills, these one on ones, it was, I'm off the ball. You can't get me. You can't touch me. I'm behind you. And every single time he he's, he worked some slap, he worked some rip, he worked some swim, all the different things from a pass rush perspective that I was like, I'm sorry, I wasn't familiar with your game. You know, like I wasn't familiar nice. with your game. Nice. And that's and that's one of those things. He makes you go back. And that's what I love about the senior bowl is that we get to watch these players after kind of maybe seeing them in passing or on a game every now and then. And then you're just like, oh my God. Okay, 
put that in mental note, make, make a clip here, and then we'll go through, we'll go back and we'll watch some of your tape and we'll see what you showed. Maybe you were just not asked to be this player. And that's something that I don't personally get. Um, if you want a guy to, to, to be able to do some of that. But again, I'm not, I'm not saying anything about coaching staffs. I don't know what he was asked. I'm out on the inside there. But what I do know is that Fisk did a really nice job this week of showing that he's much more than the player he was at Florida State. His his get off was great. He was living in the backfield, like you said. He was doing it in team drills also. I mean, when yeah. we, when it was pretty close to, uh, to, to live speed there and you'd go 11 on 11, he was blowing up run plays. His pursuit speed was great. Um, in the actual game itself, uh, he was a really interesting one. He's the first player in Senior Bowl history to change squads uh, before the game started so because cool. they had some attrition on the other side, mm -hmm. people opting out and stuff like that. So they're like, hey, we need another defensive tackle. Uh, Fisk, you want to kick over to the other team? He's <laughs> right. like, yeah, sure. I'll go over to coaching staffs that I didn't work with the entire week with players that I didn't play with the entire week. But uh, you know what he did get to do? He did get to go against the offensive lineman that he went against all week. And yeah. I think that he he learned some stuff because he was all over the field uh, in yeah. the game, which obviously isn't the like highest of, of scouting opportunities. But it was cool to see him kick over to a different squad. And he was everywhere, all over the field. And it was, it was really cool to see. We're going to talk about one more guy that helped his stock out the most during Senior Bowl week. This guy is a really, really interesting uh, player on the defensive line also that is kind of a tweener, can play a little bit of tackle, can maybe kick outside and do some some pass rush. Darius Robinson uh, from Mizzou. What were your thoughts on him this week? So I think he's still going to be a, a hand-in-the-dirt defensive end that maybe could condense this down. Uh, from what I watched, he kind of reminds me of coming out Charles O'Menohue, a guy who maybe hmm. isn't the best athlete in the world, but can get better with technique. He's long. He's a little lanky. And when you watch him on tape, he's got some kind of frame to really put a little bit more weight on if he wants to kick down inside and rush from a five tech or however you want to rush him. But the one thing that really stood out was the power, the, the speed to power that he used in this format to win, to get in the backfield, to anchor, to reestablish himself. And when you go watch him at Missouri, you can see he's, you know, he's not the, the best athlete. His hips are a little, a little tight. And he, he doesn't have the ability to really bend. And that doesn't that, that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Because at the end of the day, you have to learn how to get to know how to corner. If you can get past, you can threaten that arc and then stop, put your feet in the dirt, and get down the line quickly. You don't have to be the bender to be able to do that. You just have to kind of understand your strengths and weaknesses. And he showed good get-off, the ability to threaten that arc. And what I mean by that is that area from where you're rushing – to where the the tackle is going to be, their their spot, where you're going to look at, where he's trying to get to. You can draw this little arc from you around the tackle. If you can threaten him, make him think he you're going to beat him to that spot. You open up those inside counters, and that's something that we that I saw a little bit more. His yep. ability to kind of recognize that okay, I'm going to get out here quickly, and then I'm going to come back across your face with either a slap, a rip, or a swim, and, and be able to use that. So. Again, I'm gonna go back to back. Have to go back and watch him at Missouri a little bit more to see just the kind of player that I think he can be and that he's going to be. But he was once again kind of bullying some of these tackles then that I didn't expect him to. Yeah, I felt the same way. I thought his athleticism actually looked really good in person. It looked better than it did on tape to me. Um, I thought that how he looked down there, he looked quick. He did look a little bit. He's got he's got a weird kind of body type for the defensive line because yeah. he's not. Like he's not super bulky and he definitely doesn't have like a really big lower half. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like his, his legs and stuff like that. He doesn't have like tree trunks. He almost looks a little bit slender, like through his calves. I know we're talking about leg shape, which is a bit weird, but he doesn't have that like crazy big, you know, base to play on the interior of a defensive line, but he doesn't quite have some of the, some of the length and some of the elite like bend, like you were saying to play yeah. edge. So I guess he's a little bit of a tweener, but yeah. how you use him, I think that he is versatile on the defensive line. I think he's kind of a rotational guy that you can ask to maybe bring in like in some different spots, lining up from different positions and just try to bring some, some varied rushes. But I agree with you. I think the speed that he was able to show to threaten that outside was really good. And I think that his counters were really good as well. I thought his hands were, were good too. He didn't end up getting stonewalled 
very often. There were multiple times where he was in situations where he was having to convert speed to power, and I thought that mm -hmm. he had plenty of it. I think that he did a really good job of that and being able to drive through offense alignment, not just try to get around them. So I think he was really interesting. I think he's a a real kind of chess piece of a, of a defensive line player, pass rush uh, guy that can come in in some different spots and, and be an interesting an interesting guy for a defensive coordinator that's maybe a little on the creative side, right? That likes to mm -hmm. move some people around and change up alignments and stuff like that. I think that he would fit that pretty well. So those are the four guys that we stood out. Five of you include Roman Wilson in our Stonks Up segment yeah. that really did a good job this week. There were others as well. Some guys we've already talked about, a.k.a. Ricky Pierce Hall. We love him. Uh, <laughs> had a great week. We're not going to go into him again. We've talked about him enough. Some guys that, that didn't really help themselves out this week. We're going to start with uh, UNC wide receiver Tez Walker, who, man... I, I feel for you the kid the because I was I was really, really hoping that he would show me something this week. We talked about it off camera before before going down there to Mobile. I was like, hey, there's going to be one crazy highlight catch that he has that goes viral. Didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Tez Walker, Tez Walker is very interesting to me because he's a wide receiver that has plenty of speed. I think it was day two of practice that he clocked the top speed yes. um, on the offensive side for his team. Over 21 miles an hour, if I remember right. Actually, he's got day speed. one. Was it day one? Yeah. He's got he's got speed though, and we know we knew that going in. What what he struggled to show is flexibility and agility in route running. The change of direction wasn't there. We knew that he was a deep ball specialist, but if you're gonna be a deep ball specialist, you gotta catch the deep ball. And he didn't do it all week, and it was really disappointing. I through the first two practices, I had him at four drops. And I just stopped tallying after that mm -hmm. because he just kept he just kept dropping them all week. And then in the game, I think he saw five targets. He didn't catch one of them as well. So he has the speed, and we know that. But speed doesn't win alone in the NFL. You have to have ability. You have to have nuance in your route running, even if you are one of these burners. Because guess what? The athletes on the defensive side of the ball, they can run too. So if you're not giving them anything – where you have to threaten their their change of direction or they feel like they have to break or respect different things, they're just going to shade to what they know that you're the best at, which is, okay, you're going to try to mm -hmm. run something deep. Okay, well, I'm just going to kind of play off of that because I don't, I don't feel threatened for you to break underneath. I don't feel like you're going to do like a speed and then, you know, be able to change direction in three steps and, and turn. He didn't show that ability combine that with the drops it was a really rough week for tez walker i don't think that the the mock drafts going into that week that had him as a late first round pick there was one that had him going to your chiefs i don't think it did him any favors to get that hype going into that week because now like we were talking about it i think he's like a fringe round three guy and i think that it, it really hurt his stock to not be able to show some nuance some polish and his hands weren't that good either yeah, it, you know, I always feel, I always feel for these guys, and, and regardless of how I feel going into it, like I wasn't impressed with his tape, and and I always said he's got an opportunity to show me, like show me what he's got, and and again, I we talked, like you said, we talked about it. I wish that that draft, that mock draft, never happened. I wish that it never happened, because I can tell you right now, it was weighing heavily every single time he had the ball thrown to him. You could tell, yeah, because it wasn't just it wasn't like catch technique drops. It was legit stone hand drops. Every single time the ball got close to him, it felt like I have to make this grab, and he's just sitting in here thinking about it. So he was I mean, really heady. He was really reactionary yeah. too, like yeah. after some drops. A little, a little emotional. Which again, you're you're yeah. trying to show that you you belong in that conversation. So he's gonna have. I would assume an opportunity to kind of blow up the combine, see if he's a better athlete than he's shown. But my biggest thing for this whole situation that set the tone for the next two days, day one, at the end of practice, they like to do, I'd like to get some of the better guys, line them up and do one on ones at the very end to see who's going to win. Competitive, yeah. yeah, those competitive one on ones. And they brought out Tez Walker. And I, I don't remember if I was sitting next to you or not, but I leaned to whoever was sitting next to me. I'm like, he's going to run a go route. I tell you right now, that guy ran a go route and the cornerback did not flinch because it's what he's comfortable doing. 
Yep. And you can you can tell he's comfortable doing that. There's a route he ran against a, a go route he ran against Nate Wiggins against on Cle- Clemson, and it's it's effortless deep speed. He doesn't even do anything fancy, but he just clears right by Nate Wiggins on a on route to a big play. So you can tell if that you're that's not familiar with with himself. Nate Wiggins, this is a guy that's in conversation for. Uh, Cornerback one as well. Cornerback one. Yeah, he's, 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 he's going to be one of the first three cornerbacks taken. I put yep. a lot of money on that. So yep. he's a first-round player, and he just clears right by him. And that's pretty much what it is right now for Tez. If it's not going to be a deep route, he does struggle. Like you were saying, the breaks, getting he adds too many steps in his breakdowns. It gives corners time to to stop and to say, okay, I'm going to come get you here. And he just never looked comfortable. So hopefully he can get out of his head and really show people what he can be. I know he doesn't have an opportunity to show at a game, but he still has the combine. He still has a pro day. Those are two areas where he can get out of his head and just do what he does best. Try to showcase some of his other abilities. And we had to talk about it because he was clearly the, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse here, but he right. he was probably the worst player at the at the Senior Bowl, and yeah. that that's that's it's putting it in, in, as lightly as I can. So we'll go yeah. ahead and move on from Tez Walker and talk about a, a guy who had a lot of hope this season. Everyone was like his junior year, he was a stud, ace, lockdown cornerback, and coming in this year, Kalen King. Did not impress a lot of people, and he had an opportunity at the Senior Bowl to take advantage of the good wide receiver group that was down there and showcase his abilities. Uh, what do you think he was able to do there, John? Uh, well, the long and short of it is not not a whole lot. Um, I felt like there was a lot of times where I was looking up and he was getting lost in routes. Uh, people mm-hmm. that were able to get him to flip his hips and, and turn him the wrong direction and his, his speed to recognize and break on a route. Uh, nothing was, was really clicking. I'm very curious about Kalen King because like you said, in 2022, he had a terrific season. Penn mm-hmm. state cornerback lockdown dude was like a top guy going into this draft cycle, going into this, this year rather there was a lot of talk about him being the the cornerback one. Yeah. Throwing a lot around a, a lot of cornerback one talk <laughs> in this in this episode, but he was supposed to be like the guy going into this football season, and it just didn't translate. It, it looked like he's almost second guessing himself a little bit. It looked like he might have gotten a little bit slower. I'm really kind of mm-hmm. confused as to what happened, but it looked like he took a step back, and that's not what you want to see. Over the course of the football season, his draft stock just like continued to slide. Listen, he got worked by Marvin Harrison Jr., but everybody did. But he got worked by other wide receivers, too. And then he has an opportunity to go down to Senior Bowl, a guy that I was excited to see. Thought he would have a good opportunity to, to show out, you know, break up some passes, show that he can can stick with wide receivers, show that he can uh, play them physical. And I, mm-hmm. I didn't see any of that when we were down there. Cornerback is a really hard position. The whole secondary, actually. Really, really hard group to stand out in mobile because of what they ask you to do, but he wasn't really showing me an opportunity or an, an ability to, to lock anybody down, make plays on the ball, anything of that nature. It just didn't, didn't really translate. I think he tried to get physical a couple of times, you know, he, he tried to body some guys up and they out physical him. Like he got pushed off a couple of times, not like the full extension push off, but like just kind of nudged off. Like, and that's not, like not my guy, Malachi team. Corley just running through a defender's chest like three times. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> If you guys haven't seen that, go look it yeah. up. But it was absolutely uh, unnecessary. But hilarious. he just he just blew this guy up in the end zone drills on day three. Guy was flat footed and he just decleated him. And it was we all kind of got a laugh out of it. Uh, but and that's kind of how it felt. Kalen <laughs> King was getting pushed around a little bit. He was putting himself in bad position, opening that gate too early, like you were talking about, and letting him letting himself get manipulated by these corners. And again, I want to put a little asterisk on all of this. Wide receiver, cornerback, one-on-ones are geared towards the wide receivers to win, okay? Absolutely. They are. So there is an asterisk with some of this, but the physicality stuff where he did try to establish himself as being a physical corner, and he got out-physicaled by some of these guys. And and I'll I'll be be honest, that surprised me a little bit. It did. 
Um, yeah. But he also didn't get an opportunity to showcase some of his best traits, in my opinion. The click and close tackling ability that he has yeah. in, in space, mm-hmm. I think that is something you can't do at the senior bowl because you're not wearing pads below the hips. Like, you're not wearing any of that stuff. So there's still an opportunity for him. Again, I think he's going to test well. I think he's a an athletic guy that's going to be able to showcase his yeah. stuff. And at the end of the day, this was just an opportunity for him to kind of reassert himself maybe around the early second round kind of players and there's still a chance he gets taken there with a good you know combine showing which again i do expect him to have um but it didn't it didn't help him as much as he really probably wanted it to and that's more of a disappointment factor it was disappointing for me and that's why he's on the down on on my end yeah i agree the the speed is there but there's a difference between just your ability to clock straight line speed and your play speed and like your reaction right like uh, your ability to actually apply that speed Uh, i was looking up a couple things on him while you were talking there he Mm -hmm. had the third highest speed on his team on day one at uh, just over 20 and a half miles per hour uh, I'm I'm watching another thing here. One of the only touchdown catches I think that Tez Walker had the entire week was against Kalen King. It was on mm-hmm. a little stutter and go. I don't even know what to make of this rep because Tez, he's not really running fast. Like it's it's like King just got stuck, flat footed. It looks yeah. like he's just standing in mud. And I, it was just I saw that a lot this week and it, or last week and. It was just disappointing. So I, I hope that he can show better. Again, we we hope the best for all these player players. Our analysis is our, is our analysis, but it's not anything personal against these guys. We want all of them to succeed and and play to the best of their abilities. So we're hoping for him to have a, a better showing when he gets to the combine, show off some of that athleticism, you know, be able to show some of that stuff and and try to try to help the stock a little bit. Uh, we got two more guys to go here that we're going to get to real quick. We talked about Spencer Rattler being the best uh, quarterback that was down there in Mobile. We're just going to, I'm going to kind of just lump these two together and we can just yeah, have kind of an ongoing sure. conversation. But we got both Bo Nix and <clears throat> Michael Penix Jr. here. Again, what the quarterbacks are asked to do when they get down to Mobile is a very challenging ask because they go into a situation where you have brand new coaching. You're throwing to brand new wide receivers that you've never thrown to. For the most part, there's some teammates, but a lot of brand new playmakers. You have new offense alignment in front of you. Uh, you're just trying to get on the same page for a lot of the week as as yeah. these guys. But we talked about how Spencer Rattler was willing to take chances, which again, it's Spencer Rattler. He's always willing to take chances. Bo Nix and Michael Penix Jr., that is one thing that I didn't see from them hardly at all last week. I thought Bo had a better day three. So he showed a little bit more, like a little bit, some improvement there on, on like red zone drills in particular on day three, making some decent throws. But I don't understand why these quarterbacks are, are in seven on seven drills, just running timing routes, like simple slants. And and half the time they're checking it down to the running back. I, I don't understand what we're doing here. I don't either. Um, but it could be worse. They could be Sam Hartman and running in a touchdown on seven on seven drills. Explain. There is that. <laughs> There is explain, that, right? Explain him running in seven on seven with no pass. Rush. I don't know. I oh want to be able to explain it to you, but I can't. All we could do was laugh because we all saw it coming too, right? We all saw he it coming. It he's, and we just went. <laughs> oh, and then he no. pointed. He no, pointed that was the, the first time. It, that was the first time in team drills where he pointed at the defender. He didn't do it in the seven on seven drills. Okay. No, he still didn't. though. I wanted him to so bad though, oh, just God. so that I could laugh at it because that would have been hilarious. But back to the the main point here, the check Best down stuff. <laughs> it, it is. It's a little concerning. It is, and I get you're trying to not mess up. So, so again, we see Bo Nix and Michael Penix in the first round talk on Twitter. We see it all the time. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think the NFL sees either of these guys as first round picks. I don't and I don't so. think that they should. Um, so funny enough, by kind of by default, there's one quarterback who didn't, who wasn't <laughs> there, whose stock huh. went way up after this. And it's JJ McCarthy, who didn't have that opportunity. Yeah. That's very interesting. Um but we, we wanted Knicks and Penix to specifically on day two to rip it a little bit, throw into some tight windows because that's what like we talked about earlier. You got to learn. You have to see some of these things. And in practice in the NFL during practice, you know, during your um 
your, your training 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 camp. We always hear those training camp stories of oh this this quarterback had a bad day throwing four or five picks. You know yeah, you know how I that want was him to. Last, you know who that was last summer. It was Tua. That, yeah. that was the talk last year. It was oh Tua threw three interceptions today. Yeah, that's the place the, to make the mistake is in training the, camp. Remember the first year Patrick Mahomes was the starter in the training camp. <laughs> he's throwing interceptions left and right. Yeah. He threw 50 touchdowns that year. Um, I'm not saying that's and the corollary the there. It's not a corollary, but you learn from those mistakes. You learn from the picks. A coach can help you, can better help you make those decisions and teach you what you need to do differently in this situation versus that situation. If you do make that throw, you try something different. No one learned anything from Bo Nix and Michael Penix with the different checkdowns and in some of the different ways that they were not testing windows, not getting the ball to some of the playmakers because we were trying to get better eyes on some of the receivers like Xavier Leggett and Johnny Wilson and some of the guys that had up and down days, Jamari Thrash, all of these players. And we're like, throw it to them. Oh, no, Marshawn Lloyd with another dump-off pass in the flat. Um, so so it, it was – I'm not you know, I'm not trying to make light of it. It was it's, – it, I kind of am, I'll be honest. But it's tough to watch. We're trying to evaluate these guys too, and the coaches are too. They're there to help. They're there to help yeah. them out. So we saw Bo, we saw Michael Penix. Again, I think both of them on day three had good moments in the red zone drills. And there's a throw that Michael Penix made to Luke McCaffrey in the back left of an of the, the back left of the left end zone. That was a nice throw. It was a nice read through. Those those kind of things are nice, but at the end of the day. I think the seven on seven is really where we were left just found wanting, you know? Yeah. Just, you, you got to learn, you got to take the chances, try to make the throws, like show that you yeah. have something because you're not, you're not putting anything on tape to evaluate in seven on seven drills when you're checking it down. I'll tell you what I learned. I learned that Marshawn Lloyd, Kamani Vidal, Rasheen Ali, and Isaiah Davis can catch passes. There That's we go. what I learned from the seven Love on it. seven drills is that they've got decent hands. But other than that, when the quarterback, like I've got that, I'm we've got our notepads out. We're like we're we're writing stuff down, and it's a checkoff, and I just put the pen down. I'm just like, God, like give me something. Like and and yeah, that's right. just us. We we do this for for this content. What about the NFL front offices that are there yeah. trying to decide is this our future franchise quarterback that we're going to take in the top ten to fifteen picks and invest tens of millions of dollars into potentially more if it goes right. Like you're not showing them anything that's actionable when you're taking a, a drop, you're not throwing a timing route to any of these wide receivers and you're just checking it down to the running back. So I thought yeah. it was really disappointing. Um, I know when we, when we started the show a little over a month ago, um, I, I talked a lot about Michael Penix jr. Having what I thought was, was really good tools. Um, a rocket for an arm and ability to throw the the deep ball. And I didn't see any of that in person. And and I know that he has it in the tool bag. And I think that's why it's partly yeah. so annoying. The, the go routes, like th this is what he did all the time at Washington was throwing these go routes, these beautiful sideline throws into the bucket. The wide receivers that he had as his, at his disposal, Tez Walker, Javon Baker, Brendan Rice, Guys that do really, really well on those particular yeah. type of routes, and he never tried it. And it just like I was sitting there just going, I don't understand. I'm frustrated, man. So it was disappointing. Um, I hope that, like we've said about the other two guys here that we talked about, I hope that they show up to the combine. I hope that they can make some more throws, uh, try some stuff. Um, you know, it's really easy to throw the ball 55 yards in the air when it's the underwear Olympics, like it's going to be in Indianapolis, yeah. but hopefully they can show a little bit something, but I'm, I'm in agreement with you that at this point, I don't think either of those guys are looking at first round draft capital. Yeah. And that's, that's what this comes down to, right? The senior bowl is for these players to, to showcase themselves in front of NFL front offices, scouts, and you're getting coached by NFL coaches. Like that's what this is about. It's about learning, learning that whole atmosphere. And it was, like I said, I think the overarching thing is like, I'm not like super down on these players. I'm just disappointed that we yeah, didn't see too. a lot of what we have seen them do. And that, and that at the end of the day is you could chalk it up to it's three days with unfamiliar circumstances with, 
and some of the quarterback wide receiver connections. That's honestly probably why we saw Spencer Rattler have a pretty good practice. He was able to throw with Xavier Leggett on day one and two. He made some throws to him. He made some nice throws to him. And the difference was he didn't have him in the game. I mean, he was, he was still good. And I think that it got yeah. him comfortable. You got you see him settle down a little bit. And I think that, that, that plays a part. So there's always different angles to look at. And coming in, I didn't think, you know, maybe a few months ago on Twitter, we're talking about Michael Penix saying maybe he's quarterback three in this class. Um, it's pretty obvious right now that Bo Nix, Michael Penix are on the outside looking in when it comes to first-round draft capital, like you said. So at the end of the day, there were quite a few players that showcased themselves I'm gonna go be. I'm gonna go watch some of them still. Like Houston defensive ends, they are. He's gonna be someone that I go watch. Oh yeah, so get, get me. some Houston tape. Um, that would be nice. But can we find uh, some freaking UCF tape for Javon Baker, please? I don't like, know. For the love of God, please. I want to <laughs> watch this guy. If anyone has to. any, I don't care if you T vote it. I don't care like what. If you've please. got some UCF in harm's way, nineteen on Twitter. Hit me Send up. It. <laughs> Send it. So let's, you know what? Let's let's before we before we wrap the show, and I know this isn't even on our show sheet, so you're probably like, oh God, what are you talking about? Um, hypothetical here. We're we're looking at the draft board. We know Chicago's got the first pick. Washington, New England pick two and three, right? They both need quarterback. Is the gap between Penix and Bow and Drake May and Jaden Daniels? so wide that you wouldn't maybe look at going Marvin Harrison Jr. at two or three, knowing that you might be able to come back to one of those guys, or maybe even Rattler, at the top of the second round. Is that a, is that an option that you would consider if you're one of these teams, or is it just, is the gap too wide where you're going, I don't trust those, those quarterbacks to potentially step in right away, which you'd pretty much be asking them to do, and and compete, you know, in in the first offseason in training camp for a quarterback one. So I would say the only way you do that is if you have both sides of the football ready. Because they need defense, offensive line, and weapons. They're going to need them at their disposal if they are immediate starters. So if you have all of those ready to go, okay, I understand doing that. There's a reason these teams are picking at two and three, and it's not because they are ready to drop a quarterback into there and start winning football games. So that's a big no for me. Okay. Makes sense. It's just a hypothetical. It's 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 oh, pre-draft sure. season. We got, you know, uh God, what? I'm actually on Tankathon right now, and the nice. countdown is under under 77 days, which means under 11 weeks. 11 weeks. Yeah, so much from work uh, to from tonight, that just <laughs> so gave me much so much anxiety. I just looked at it and went, "Oh God, okay, I gotta, I gotta break down a lot of players in the next uh, eleven weeks." But you know what? We're gonna do it. We're gonna, we're gonna get through it together. We're gonna share a lot of uh, takes, a lot of uh, laughs, a lot of disagreements along the way. I'm sure. Xavier Worthy, wide receiver five. Cough. Oh yeah, spicy, <laughs> so and I love it. I'm here. I love Mr. Worthy. Like, you know that. Um, the bigger conversations come down to our opinions on Troy Franklin and uh, Keon Coleman. So we'll, we'll save that okay. for another show. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, again, this is Cover One Draft Weekly, John Helmkamp in harm's way. If you're listening on your podcast, please go subscribe and like all of our stuff on the Cover One College Football YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube, then go find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share the love. Send it across Ooh. both ways. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, until next time, we will see you later.